Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Moms and Some Labels. Two Moms and Some Labels is a platform created for families and caregivers caring for a loved one with a disability to come together in a shared space and network, commune, and to just gain ideas on how to persevere through challenging times. Uh, Today, I am the host of the show. My co-host couldn't join me, um, you know, as special needs parents, we have things that come up. And so, you know, we just have to roll with the punches. So I'm here solo today, but I have a special guest with me. And this is Anna. She is going to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about Bright Feeds. So I didn't know what Bright Feeds was until I met Anna. And I am so glad that I did because this information that she is about to share is so important. And it's, I mean, it's a resource for the community, especially for this special needs community. So I'm going to let her take it away and introduce herself. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I'm stoked to be here. So my name's Anna. I am a mom, just like everyone else. I, um, you know, I live in Northeast Florida. I, my kids were born here. They were born at Flagler Hospital. Um, I, this is not the life that I foresaw myself being in. Um, I would have never, ever imagined that this would be the road that I was on, but Here I am. And, you know, things sometimes just fall into place exactly as they are supposed to. And a little bit fate, (laughs) a little bit luck, I guess. (laughs) But I, um, I guess everything started when my son was born. I noticed that he wasn't developing um, along the same line as his peers. And I could tell because I was pregnant with four of my friends at the same time. So we all had kids that were pretty close in age. And although I didn't get to see all of them a lot, when we did get together, it was very obvious that their kids were doing things that my son was nowhere near doing. Um, And when I expressed my concern to the people closest around me, um, everyone just said, you know, oh, you're a new mom and, you know, you're he's fine. You're just worried. He's fine. I knew something wasn't right. And you know, I, this was pretty much from around two months old. I just, I could tell it was the way he was looking at things, the way he watched, he stared into the sun, the way he watched the mobile and the fans, you know, something was off and fast forward, then he just never sat up (laughs) and he wasn't using his hands and he wasn't crawling. He, you know, wasn't really rolling over. He did finally start rolling over. Um, and then he just lay there and we called it tummy drums. He just, you know, like a little tiny baby gorilla all day long. And he was happy. He was happy. He was sweet. Um, I had so much to be thankful for. So I, you know, I was like, okay, sure. We'll just wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. Um, and finally around 15 months, his pediatrician said, okay, I agree with you. (laughs) You know, something's not quite right. Why don't we um, do some referrals? Let's, uh, let's see what happens. So we went and saw specialists across the state, because eight years ago, it was a lot more difficult to find, um, find people that could see you people that could get you in. Um, We had Medicaid at the time, my husband was a firefighter paramedic. He still is. And I had gone from working to being a full-time stay-at-home mom. 
we had had taken a huge cut in our income and then of course taken on a whole lot of <laughs> expenses with the baby so things were tough and um you know we were down to one vehicle so anyway we traveled across the state seeing different specialists geneticists um doing blood work doing mris doing all these intense insane things um first diagnosis was cerebral palsy and we were basically told that our beautiful child would never walk and would have a very low quality of life. So <laughs> I left that appointment going, okay, bring it on. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. I will <laughs> not stand. <laughs> so I threw myself into it um, <laughs> head on. And I searched down every resource because, you know, that was that was what I had control over, right? My control was in finding resources and putting as much work in as possible. And my husband will describe me as somebody who puts in like a thousand percent with total disregard for any personal return. <laughs> it's a toxic trait. I will, I will work myself to death for nothing just because I have a goal. <laughs> um, and so that's what I did. I worked myself to death and I ran down any lead that I could come across. I, um, you know, if, if I found something that seemed like it was helping, I would stick with it. If I, if it didn't seem like it was going to stick, we'd pivot. It was fine. We, um, we worked hard at it. Well, the next time we walked into that neurologist's office, my son walked. Now he, <laughs> he had giant moon shoes that were specially made to help him build muscle in his legs and AFOs that came up to his knees. And he had the tiniest little walker you've ever seen in your life. It drew a lot of attention, but that boy walked into that room and his neurologist's mouth dropped. So, and we've never looked back from there. Um, around two, he was diagnosed with autism, which was not a surprise. By that time, we had been in the world of intense therapy for quite some time. Um, you know, we, we saw that one coming. It was still hard. Um, I think it was especially hard for my husband. He had had a hard time with, um, you know, people just, I think people mean well, right? They, they mean well, they want to come up to you. They want to know what's wrong with your sweet, beautiful baby. They want to know, you know, why they're wearing these braces or why they have this walker and why they have these giant shoes on their feet. And it's freaking rude. <laughs> <laughs> but as adults um, and setting an example for our kids, we, it's our job to educate, right? We can't yeah. react like, dude, do you not know how rude you are? <laughs> right. So, and also it distracts the kid, right? You're working on something, you're trying to do something. And now we're all totally distracted because you think he's cute and that's great. He is cute. Um, but it, that was tougher for my husband and for myself, I just saw, you know, like this is an opportunity to educate people and, you know, to show them like, yeah, a cute little blonde haired, blue eyed baby can be a little abnormal and it's okay. There is nothing wrong. Like we're doing it. We're getting through it. He's happy. Look, he's smiling. <laughs> he, he may treat you like furniture, but he likes us. <laughs> <owls. laughs> um, but anyway, that put me on this road and on this track. And what I found above all else is it is hard and it is overwhelming and it is very difficult to navigate. It's complex beyond what anyone has any idea of. And you see that 
across the board, even with people who are in this industry, who are trained to work with your child, you know, they don't understand why it's so hard to set up and make these therapies happen the way they think they should happen. Like, sure, I would love it if everything was just perfect and we could do things on your timeline. But I also have insurance to contend with and another child. And I have to think about, you know, how many hours per day my son can handle working because let's be real. That's what it is for. This is work. Like he's enjoying it, but it's work. Um, And it's hard and it's exhausting. (laughs) So, and you know, you know how it is. We, we fight and we fight and we fight and we fight. And oftentimes you get like the tiniest little bit of something going, something in return for all that fighting. And we have the tendency to just sit back and become complacent. But really like that comfort it's not real. We just got one little tiny thing and it was a win. Yes, it was a win, but you can't become complacent. And then all of a sudden it all comes crashing down and the dominoes fall and you realize, oh my gosh, I wasn't even close to being done. Why did I think I could breathe for a second? Um, I lost so much time. (laughs) taking. So I had gotten to a point, um, last year where I, as a parent who had been very resourceful and I had, you know, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C and a plan D always at all times, right? I was ready. If something went wrong or something fell through, I was going to navigate, jump on another plan and we were going to make it work the best we could. Um, When Bass closed down in St. Augustine, which was my son's longtime ABA clinic, you know, at this point he's eight years old. So the early intervention model, that's not feasible for him anymore. He's not going to be in a clinic 40 hours a week or, you know, he's not going to be doing 40 hours a week of ABA therapy. Now, couple this with this extreme shortage, right? And on top of that, his behavioral issues, they've, you know, they've changed in many ways. But in a lot of ways, it's now scary for me because he's eight. He's 66 pounds. He's growing bigger it's very apparent that like our timeline of him being small is coming to a very abrupt halt. And these behaviors that we can look at and say, Oh, it's a tantrum now. Well, it's not a tantrum. It's, it's demand avoidance and Mm -hmm. it's going to be construed as aggression very, very soon. And what do I do then? Then my child is unsafe for even more reasons than he's already unsafe now. (laughs) So I, um, I followed my son's longtime RBT to the Bass Ormond Beach location because finding a new ABA therapist that would be willing to take on this sort of creative, complex situation is it's not easy to come by. And you need somebody who has the right mindset, who really cares about what they're doing, Um, And again, I've been with the same BCBA and RBTs since my son was two years old. I, these people are family to me. I trust them. They love him. They know him. Um, And so that was hard for me. And on top of that, we were having so much uh, flux with all of his other therapies because no one could keep therapists on staff. Right. So, you know, that's, that's tough for any child. It's tough for for me as an adult, each time that happens, I then have to go through his entire history all over again. And I'm retraining a therapist on how to work with my son because 
we can't actually have anything that is collaborative because insurance won't pay for two therapists at one time, even though it's two totally different aspects of something. So I then have to be that collaboration, except I'm not allowed in the room because there's HIPAA and there's FERPA. <laughs> so, you know, again, more complexity, right? And how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you make all that work? So I'm sitting in Bass ABA in Ormond Beach one day and there's this magazine. Let me see if I can find one. I had one a few minutes ago. Um, anyway, there's this magazine sitting there on, oh, there it is, on the table. And I pick it up. I'm just looking through it because I'm sitting there waiting for his RBT to come out and get him. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> what is this? Like, are you kidding me? I spend my entire tiny bit of free time searching the internet for this information. I, I was blown away. And then I realized that it was in Daytona, Orlando and Tampa. <laughs> I was like, of course. It could not be that easy, right? Right. Yeah. Everywhere but where I need it to be. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, I leave, I walk out and she, you know, Sunny comes and picks up Ozzy. I walk out, I get my minivan. I don't even turn it on. I get on my phone and I search their website and I'm like, maybe, just maybe, maybe they're in our area and I just don't know it. I haven't seen it. I don't know how I would have not seen it, but maybe, just maybe. So no, they're not in our area, but it does say at the bottom, like uh, something about we, we could be in your area, reach out to us. So I do. I emailed them. Um, little did I know that really Brightfeeds is um, a subsidiary of Abilities Workshop, which is a 501c3 that basically has created all these programs to walk you through everything you need to know for each aspect of your journey through autism. Um, it's a super amazing organization and they continue to grow it and make it even more incredible. But I mean, having a resource like that at your disposal, it's kind of mind blowing and it's set up so that you can do it from the comfort of your own home because, you know, we're special needs parents. We can't go anywhere. <laughs> we don't have anything else to do, right? No, no. We're stuck. Once, once, once our kids are settled, like we're sitting here. <laughs> um, so Anyway, I, it starts a conversation and I get a message back that says, you know, well, would you be interested in maybe knowing, like hearing about what this could look like for you to bring it to the area? And I'm just, okay, lady, you've lost oh, it. Add another thing to my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Do you have any idea what my day looks like? I spend 40 hours a week in the car. <laughs> driving my kids <laughs> to therapies and school. And that's before we go home so that I can reteach everything that he was supposed to learn at school. <laughs> and then, you know, put him in all of these different after school activities and after school therapies so that we can try to find some semblance of, you know, a way forward. And it's the same with my daughter. You know, she's not quite as um, disadvantaged, but she has some pretty severe ADHD and a lot of behavioral issues that come along with it and adjustment disorder. And often she can be tougher to handle than he is. And it is hard to navigate. It's like raising two different children on two different planets, but in the same house. 
<laughs> you know, none, nothing is ever fair. Nothing is ever right. Um, nothing ever makes any sense. It just, it is, we deal with it. Um, but anyway, so I meet Janetta at um, the a Dunkin' Donuts by Bass ABA because I was dropping my son off and it was a good halfway point. And she goes through the whole thing and she's telling me about how she ended up here. And she was a mom who was in the corporate world. She had her second child and that child was diagnosed with autism. And of course she's bombarded and overwhelmed and um, luckily has the skills as I did to navigate through it and to figure it out, right? To work the system, to, to find your way through the system and to find resources. Yeah. That is something that it's not a natural skill for everyone to have, right? It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it requires a lot of time, which you, you know better than most, um, and a lot of fighting for your kid. Um, none of it comes easy. So she created, she left her corporate job, created Abilities Workshop, and she met Rory. Now, Rory had developed Bright Feeds uh, just about 20 years ago. She had a daughter uh, that she adopted uh, who was then diagnosed with cerebral palsy and autism. And um, her, her daughter's school told her that she was uneducatable. Now, Rory was a teacher. <laughs> so she's like, okay, well, that does, what does that even mean? Like, that's not a thing. So she pulled her daughter and, you know, taught her daughter at home, created Bright Feeds. She saw this need for resources. And so she gave it to her community. She created it, built it from nothing, got it into the public schools, created this amazing thing that be, has become something that Central Florida, uh, you know, they they depend on this. They give it out at every IEP meeting. Um, wow. It's a great resource. Um, and so and then you fast forward, Rory's daughter is now in college. She lives independently. She oh, volunteers oh in her community. <laughs> and Rory decided she wanted to retire. And she was heartbroken about it, but she felt like she was just going to have to let Bright Beats go. Um, but she and Janetta had made friends. And Janetta said, we know this fits into what I'm doing. Why don't I take over Bright Beats? And you can stay involved. That way, you know, we can use your vast wealth of knowledge to continue to grow this. Um, and that's where we're at, you know, and I think Janetta wow. has had it for two years now, maybe might be a little longer. And um, we're now expanding into Northeast Florida, Jacksonville and Atlanta. Um, it's, yeah. it is a labor of love. <laughs> this is a big thing to, to build from nothing. I have so much respect for Rory for how she was able to do this with a young child in tow, which I'm doing it with two. Um, I, I'm basically asking our community to invest in something, um, something that is established, of course. And I have a, I have a team in the corporate office to fall back on. Of course, they're running abilities workshop too, but they're there to support me. And there is a, method in place to make this amazing and incredible and we print and then we distribute it for free. So I am trying to get out there as much as I can and find out from our community, you know, what is it that you need? What, what is, what are you struggling with? 
-hmm. you know, and everyone should feel free to reach out to me and to tell me that, because if I want to build a resources for all of us, I need to know, you know, my, I have a lot of background in this. I've been on this path for a long time. I've spent countless hours in waiting room, waiting rooms, talking to other parents um, whose experiences are vastly different from mine. And I have spent countless hours in parent groups sharing my own information and listening to other people share their information. So, you know, if I find a loophole or a way to navigate around something, I've been sharing it and I've been taking that information from others. And we've all been doing this behind the scenes for years. Um, and, you know, you've got to wade through that information. Some of it is diamonds in the rough and some of it is just not at all <laughs> what it seems. And some of it is just people need a minute to vent and that's okay too. That's valid. We all need that. And you need to do it with people who can understand um, and are not going to judge you for it because, you know, this, this is hard and there, there is nothing more heartbreaking. And I have, I grew up in trauma and I have experienced heartbreak. There is nothing more heartbreaking than watching your child struggle with something they didn't ask for. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also nothing more rewarding than watching them, you know, hit a milestone or surpass a goal, especially if you're a special needs parent. (laughs) So, I mean, that's how I ended up here. That's what brought me to Bright Feats. Um, it is taking every single second of my non-existent free time to build this. I'm spending, you know, a good I'd say probably 40 to 60 hours a week just trying to keep up with that. And then on top of that, I'm still doing volunteer work um, and, you know, help trying to help parents and going to events as much as I can. Um, You know, it is an honor to serve the community as far as I'm concerned. Um, I believe in supporting each other. I think that in the community, when you can get other community members out and you can hold each other up and talk and beat the system, <laughs> there's yeah. nothing more powerful than that. So, you know, what I envision doing with this is I envision making this a way for us to empower each other, right? We bring providers together. We bring organizations together. We bring parents together. This is a parent-to-parent resource, Um, I'm a parent building it for parents. I'm taking into consideration what other parents are telling me. I'm listening to providers and, you know, hearing what they're hearing from parents. And I am reaching out to organizations and finding out what every single person does and what they have to offer so that I can facilitate collaboration. I mean, that's my ultimate goal. I want to facilitate collaboration among everything. Florida is very privatized. And although financially that may make sense for the state on on our level as parents what that makes happen what that means is that nothing no organizations are talking to each other they can't they're totally separate they're all separate entities so they're not working together and you can create different organizations said yeah. that are supposed to bring these things together but in the big picture you can bring a few government agencies together on a meeting every now and then. I've sat in on those meetings. They're great. They're very functional. But you have all these private providers and all these families that need all kinds of different resources. And we need the yeah. private resources we have to be able to work together. 
So how do you support that? Right. You first create something that tells them who else is out there. And then you bring them together into a space where they can talk to each other and we can have events and we can network and we can be together. Um, it's how you and I met. And yeah. that's, that's powerful. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So anyway, that's me. That's my long winded story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's so crazy, too, because I always say I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just wish that there could just be this big building or, you know, one large hospital doctor's office that was just for the medically complex because we have the medical complex clinic here, but then they like are weeding out patients when they feel like your child has maybe, you know, they're doing too much. So they're not as complex anymore. Um, You know, and it's like, okay, they can't revert back or something can't happen where they re it's, it's just a lot. And so, you know, they're getting weeded out of that system and they have to go find a regular primary care doctor. And then you have them when they start becoming teenagers or an adult, and then you have to go to, there's like a few options, a handful of options for yeah. our children once they get to be adults. I feel like they're like, oh yeah, when they turn 18, their disability just disappeared. So, you know, now yeah. you don't have to worry about anything anymore. <laughs> and you can go <laughs> find all these uh, adult doctors that have no idea how to handle and deal with these diagnoses and And then you everything. end up with mismanagement and, and yes. being overly medicated or given things that counteract something else that they're on. I mean, the, the, the complexity that exists here is so far beyond the capacity of almost anyone. You yes. have to be, you have to specialize. <laughs> you just have to. Yes. So I'm like, we, we need like one just from birth until the end of time. Like yes. we need something for all of our kids, you know, just like the typical regular normal community. Ha- we need that for our kids. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, it makes it so difficult and, and it makes people afraid to even, you know, for their children to grow older because it's like, what am I going to do after this? What is going to happen? Yeah. And, um, well, and that's, know, that's the biggest fear for all of us, right? Is like the future <laughs> or yeah. what happens if, if tomorrow I'm in a car accident, you know, like I, that's my biggest fear. I'm sure it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's, what do, what do we do then? Because, right, we spend all this time trying so hard to prepare them for life without us. Yeah. But it, it's it's almost inconceivable because then who is going to do all these things that we do? Because even if they're even if they're perfectly capable of functioning in society to whatever extent they can supported, there's still this whole other side of it that is so difficult to navigate that I, I couldn't even, I couldn't expect my husband to do what I do. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> there's no and I all the time. I'm like, yeah, I am the primary caregiver. And that is the title for a reason, because even though we may have a significant other, we are still as, you know, mothers putting in the groundwork and, you know, just like how it was hard for your husband to accept, like, I think for men in general, it's just harder for them to, you know, accept the diagnosis and what comes with it and the responsibilities 
And, you know, it's just put on us to do it because, you know, like you do all this. So, you know, you can figure it out and you know how to do it. And so, you know, then we, we have this plate full of, of things to do. And, you know, it's just like, even if I wrote it down and something happens to me, he probably he probably yeah, still be able like, to follow it. <laughs> well, to follow it. I don't remember. Yeah. No, and I, you know, it's um, <laughs> I my husband finally made me actually. Well, we slowly had a recipe because my son has been eating the same thing for dinner since he was tiny. He won't eat anything else. It's very healthy. It's a ton of healthy things that we put in the crock pot and we make a batch every week and I mash it up. Because, Lord forbid, he can actually see all the different ingredients in it. Like, we, we call it Ozzy Mush. <laughs> Lots of healthy stuff. But for years, I was the only one who could make it. Because if it tasted even slightly different, wow. he, the whole batch, like, he would touch it. He just nose up. Like, oh, this is, <laughs> no. <laughs> and it, it could be the, the tiniest thing. Like, the brand changes on the seasoning that I put in or something. Like, oh, my. He could taste yeah. it. It's, I don't know how, but it's insane. So my husband, I just, I've never been one to follow a recipe. I just dump stuff in and I spent years as a bartender. So that comes naturally to me. I'm just like, oh, dump, dump, dump. This is good. <laughs> it's going to taste the same every time. Well, I could never tell him how to do it because I'm just like, oh, no, you just do this. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally made me like sit down with him and come up with a recipe. And now we have to follow the recipe every time. And be specific so that you know if something happened to me he could yeah. feed our son yeah <laughs> because otherwise our son would starve literally he wouldn't eat anything else um and you know that's that's an easier example of what this is but really when it comes down to it you're talking about fighting with insurance every day to make sure things are covered and knowing when it's time to go get a new CDE report done because you have to do it ahead of time because you're going to need to plan out that you're going to need to make the appointment for that at least a year and a half before it's due because by the time you can actually get in for that appointment it's been a year and then you know that the insurance is going to start pushing for it and telling you all of a sudden oh well we're cutting services (laughs) you know and you have to know about the laws on where the limits are, right? Because Florida has laws on lifetime limits for autism. So thank God my son is diagnosed with cerebral palsy too, because I can run some of his therapies under that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But I talked to a mom recently who they told her her six-year-old son is no longer going to be covered under her insurance because he hit his lifetime limit for autism. You know, like, wow. How how do you say that to somebody about a six-year-old? Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> We're just jumping into, like, where things get really hard when they hit six. I mean, that's oh where it gets tough, tough. We're yeah. entering school, and you have a whole nother level of things that you're having to deal with. So, you know, and that's why I think these type of conversations are so important, and it's part yeah. of I want to accomplish with Bright Feeds is I want to bring in some community ownership. I want to have these conversations with business owners that have never, ever, ever experienced this because they're having conversations with other business owners. You know, they're, they're the ones who, when it really comes down to it, that a legislator is going to listen to. Now I am fully about, we need to get in the room and force them to see us, right? Force them to see us. 
kids and see our struggles because they don't have that experience. Unless you've experienced this, this firsthand, you right. have no idea. But at the same time, they're going to make time for the people who make donations. And those people are often the people in our own community that are business owners. Yeah. And we, those people are accessible to us. You know, they oftentimes do want to support uh, different organizations. They want to be a part of something that promotes goodness in the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, that's, I love what you're doing for that reason. You know, we put it out there. We hope somebody sees it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes. And so I know, um, you know, that you and envision getting this out to everyone. So what is your, um, I guess your, your main goal right now, are you wanting to have these, um, you know, the, the, um, directory available at, at the IEP meetings here also in Florida? Oh yeah. Um, or Northeast Florida, like in the doctor's offices, uh, the PPEX. Yes. So the way this works is I vet different um, providers, right? I first have to get them to see that I exist. I have to meet them in places. Um, luckily, networking and navigating the community is something that is like a little bit of a weird superpower for me. And I have had a lot of luck with that. And I have already, you know, I've already, we are in the St. John's County school system. Our book will be going out through them in October. Um, I am, it's pretty much a done deal with Duval as well. I meet with their, um, one of their ESE directors in next, not next month. Yeah. June, because they're in crazy mode too, trying to finish out the school year. Um, I have met with the ESE director in Flagler County, and I hope to um, meet with her again. And then some of the other, other smaller counties that fall under me. Um, I First, I need more information about what resources are available in their areas from parents who can tell me, you know, what are the providers that they trust? Who are the people I should be reaching out to? What information can I give to other parents knowing that I'm giving them good information, right? I don't want to put, I don't want to put a bunch of people in here who, you know, have lesser than great intentions. Right. I want this to be something that is comprehensive and is accurate and is good information. You know, I want to recommend people that I would take my own kids to. So right. I spend a lot of time vetting. Um, and then, you know, I'm asking people to invest in this because I can't print this for free. I can distribute it for free once I print it, <laughs> but I need everybody to invest a little bit. Now there is something for everybody. It's, um, it's very affordable. That's by design. Uh, we want everyone to have an opportunity to be in this. And I have set up a sponsorship model so that we can also, um, we can also seek sponsorship for some of the really amazing organizations that are volunteer based and, you know, they deserve to be in here. They deserve to get the word out, you know, and on the other side of that, we want to draw more attention to them so that they can get more funding. We want to give them the opportunity to have more events, um, have more parents involved. The bigger that these things get, 
the more attention they receive from parents, the more businesses want to be part of it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They want to be involved. Um, So it all kind of falls into play. But yes, so this will be going out through the public schools. It will be going out through any provider's office that wants to distribute it, any provider that's in it. Um, A lot of the organizations like the ARC and um, uh, CARD, I am in touch with DCF. I'm in touch with Sednet. Um, I, you know, I get to be part of some of their meetings. I, um, I have a very good friend. It says that I'm keeping in touch with and sharing information with. I'm partnered with the St. John's County Public Library. Um, I had a meeting actually uh, yesterday with the Jacksonville Public Library because I, on the other side of this, I use this as a way to create, um, you know, give organizations a chance to work together. So I've been working with early steps and setting up these special play groups with the library system. And we're hoping to see that happen, but just, you know, just make things more inclusive. It doesn't have to be just for special needs. We want it to be but we want it to be friendly to children of all abilities, because the point is that we get everyone in the same room so that when kids grow right. up, they're exposed yes. to people yes. of all abilities when yes. they're little. When they're older, it's nothing. They don't blink an eye. It's not yeah. weird. Though They're not going to think twice about hiring somebody with a disability. They're mm-hmm. not going to think twice about being friends with somebody with a disability or being inclusive and kind. It's just going to come naturally. And I've, I've seen it with my own daughter. Um, you know, she of course has some struggles, but as far as, you know, for the most part, she looks and seems like a typical developing child in a lot of ways until you start talking to her. (laughs) Um, but we go to events like card, um, and there are kids of all abilities and my daughter doesn't blink. She doesn't think twice. She treats everybody exactly the same. She's giving hugs. She's saying hi. She's talking. She doesn't care if they can respond. She's showing kindness to everyone. And it's yeah. because she has been raised in this world. And to her, it's totally normal. Right. And to me, it is the most beautiful thing in the world <laughs> to see that. Um, and to see my neighbor's kids respond the same way because mm-hmm. they have grown up around my son. Um, I, I want to see that everywhere. I want to promote that. I want to use this as a platform for change. I have really big plans. And this has put me in a position to get in the room in places that I couldn't get to before. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to show all these people bright beats and they all want to have it. <laughs> They all want to give it out. Um, You know, I was sitting next to a woman from APD recently at an event, and I see her on the family care meetings all the time. And so we got to chat. And, you know, she took a bunch of my information. It's like, hey, I'm going to another thing tonight. I'll put your information out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to another thing tomorrow. I'll take your information and put it out. But, you know, like things like that happen with this all the time because it's just – it's this very natural grassroots, like, yeah, oh, we're going to share information? Yeah, yeah. I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, distributing this is no problem. And also the whole thing is online. So when our book prints in October, because right now my goal is I'm building this. I need, I need everyone to jump on, you know, get on board, join me in this. Uh, I have some ideas for some pages that I would like to get sponsored that, I want to do a page for crisis 
Um, and that's everything from being in crisis as a special needs parent to being in crisis as a parent yourself. Because let's be real, there is no, <laughs> there is no way out from the stress that this brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us have moments where, you know, we need a hand up. Um, and it can put you in a position where you're weak. Um, people can end up abusing their kids. They can end up using um, and abusing medications. There are all kinds of things that come from living under extreme stress all the time. And, uh, you know, for our kids, they experience trauma in a different way than we do. And we can't always know what is their traumatic experience. We, cause to us, it doesn't seem traumatic. So they tend to have um, some challenges that they need extra help with. Crisis exists. It's not something that people like to talk about, but it's there. And I wanna make sure we have resources in there for that, free resources, resources that you can reach out to without judgment that are across the board. I want to make sure there's some mental health in there because mental health is a big deal for all of us for parents yes. and for our kids. Dual diagnosis is a real thing. Um, and it is not uncommon. It is far more common than not. Like so many of our kids face many other struggles, especially as they get older. And it sometimes, it's sometimes beyond what we can do as a parent to talk to them in a way that doesn't make them feel awkward about it or where we can be understanding in the correct way. So we need to provide somebody for them to talk to that can do that. Yes. And there's therapists out there that can. There's play therapists. There's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people within the mental health industry that specialize in this area. A lot of them have two jobs because there's no money in this. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are here because we're trying to get rich. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of good stuff. I um. I'm always open to suggestions too, because I want to know what other parents want. I want to know what, I want to know what you need. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, that's really good too with the crisis information, because, you know, like you said, even with us just being parents of special needs kids and parents being parents, we also have to think about the siblings of these special needs children also, especially when they are in their younger ages, because I know, Sometimes my son, who's nine, he may feel like, oh, my gosh, you're giving all your time to, you know, Ayana or, you know, I don't get to do this or I can't do that. And, you know, limiting a lot of things that we're able to do because, you know, Ayana might not be able to handle being outside or on a trip or on the road for more than three hours or on an airplane, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of things, especially I know that my son goes through when he goes to school and hears about all his peers going on trips and doing all this and skiing and stuff. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, how, how can I, you know, help my child? Yeah. You know, so for the siblings too, it's, it's really hard. They're going through this also. So that crisis, you know, Paige would be. One day this is going to fall on their shoulders. I mean, we don't want it to, and we try to plan our best to, but this is going to fall on their shoulders one day. And how do we, how do we as parents, first of all, handle that guilt? (laughs) And second, you know, how do we prepare them for that and make it okay for them to say like, I can't handle this. (laughs) 
Um, and yeah, you're right. There is so much to it. And there's so much that's unfair about it. Um, there's been lots of stuff that we can't do or we don't have time to do because mm -hmm. we are doing all this other stuff. Or, you know, I will just say whatever. It just we're not going to argue about it. Just let him leave on whatever it is. He wants to play the bonus features, play the bonus features. You know, and it comes even something that little, it creates yeah. this animosity and they're just like, oh, right. Care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. why don't they get to listen to that song? I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I want my kids to love each other, you know, and yeah. I, I don't want them to resent each other. So yes, you are so right with that. Yeah. So having something, and I want to, there's so many grandparents out there that are raising their grandchildren. Yeah. That has become such a huge thing. Yes. And they're lost. I talk to them at every yeah. single event. Oh my gosh, they are so lost. Um, and it's yeah. just that this is so far outside of the realm of anything they've ever experienced. Yeah. And then you you take that on top of this like total lack of forthcoming information. Mm -hmm. And they're used to a time where information, like what you heard on the news, that was that was news. It was the truth. What somebody told you, you could put stock in that. That's not the case anymore. <laughs> right. Played through so much nonsense to find anything that is an actual like ounce of a real resource or real truth. I mean, people are going to tell you all kinds of things that sound amazing because they're too good to be true. <laughs> yes. You know, oh, here, let's go do chelation and your child will be <laughs> normal. Like, no, no, now your child's not going to have any calcium in their bones. Like, let's go do that for the fun of it. <laughs> Yeah. And when I, um, I used to work at Wolfson's at the children's hospital. Yeah. So I saw so many, so many grandparents <laughs> being left with, you know, being responsible for caring for the, that child with, with special needs. And I mean, it just broke my heart because it's like, this grandparent is like 60, 70 years old. And this child is only like four or five years old. Mm -hmm. They have a whole life to live. And the grandparent is probably not going to be able to be around for the rest of it. So then it's like, what happens then? What's happening now? Like, I mean, I just wanted to break down in tears every time mm -hmm. I would see that. Um, I mean, it's a big issue and uh, it's really coming to a head right now because caregivers even caregiver givers that do this for a living, they're aging out, right? They're no longer yeah. physically capable of doing what they're doing. And I mean, even if you're not talking about a behavioral issue, when we think about an adult in a wheelchair, now I was my, the caregiver for my grandfather and he was a full paraplegic. And of course he had lost a ton of weight, but changing his diaper. Yeah. I mean, that was, it was so difficult. Yeah. It's so hard. Cause how do you, how do you do that? This is, yeah. this is an adult man, you know, and, and you're talking about an 80 year old grandmother trying to take care of their, you know, teenage grandchild who needs their diaper changed. Yeah. You know, that is, it is hard. It is, uh, but it's real. And yeah. we don't really provide a whole lot in the way of resources to support that. Um, no, we don't, we don't, we don't, it's just not taken into account. Yeah. So yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to encourage more, right? I want to encourage mm -hmm. parents to join together and to ask for more because when we can be a voice together, we can be powerful. Um, 
but it's a matter of knowing how to do that and how, where to reach out and how to actually join our voices. Cause we all have different agendas. Mm-hmm. So we've got to pick like, what's the most important thing for this legislative session? What can, what can we actually accomplish? That's important. What can we start gearing up for, for the next one? You know, what can we get the word out for and start putting pressure on? We can do that. And yeah. we, we have power. It's just a matter of letting people know and giving them a way to do it that's actually feasible for them. Because if we have to all yeah. do it on our own, we don't have the time. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I just want to say that, you know, your story is amazing. And I feel like you are so like, we have a lot of similarities as far as like, once I have that, that tunnel (laughs) vision, I'm going to keep going. And I don't care if it's the littlest thing, I'm going to keep pushing for more and more and finding whatever resource I can. And um, that has just always been something that I have always, you know, that's something that I'm always like, I got to keep keeps me pushing. Because I'm going to keep finding whatever, searching for whatever until I get to what I need. I get the answers that I need to have. And um, I love that. Yeah, I just want um, I just want the parents, caregivers, family members, you know, whoever's watching or goes back and watches this episode to know that there are resources here in the community and we need more resources in the community. And there's so many different groups on Facebook. There's so many support groups around the area and Northeast Florida also. And, you know, I wish that we all can join forces together. And like Anna said, just come together so that we can create this larger power to start making more changes that are like majorly needed for this community of children and parents and families um, because we can force collaboration. We can make it ourselves. You know, we just can't expect anyone else to do it. And, but there's a way there is a way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there is always a way. And so we just want everyone to try to come together And um, if you have any type of resources that you want to provide or any suggestions or anything that you're looking for and you haven't been able to find, you're stuck and you're looking for some answers, then uh, you can definitely reach out. And um, Anna, is there a a website or email or how can they get in contact with you? So your, your best way to keep up with everything I'm sharing, because anytime I come across information that is pertinent or a free opportunity for education or just anything that, that would help our community or interest our community, I share it on Facebook first. Um, and a lot of it I'm also able to share on Instagram. So it'll be Bright Beats Northeast Florida Jacksonville. Um, and then if you want to email me, it's jacksonville at brightfeats.com. Super easy. But shoot me an email. Um, you know, let me know what your concerns are and what your goals are. Ultimately, if I don't have an answer for you, I have a pretty big network. I will reach out on your behalf and I will try to connect you with somebody who can give you the answers you need. My network grows more and more every day. And I talk to a lot of people who are not going to end up in this book and that's okay. They may end up distributing or they may just end up being a file that I keep 
so that I have that information on hand if a parent reaches out to me and that is the exact resource that they need. You know, I want to, um, I, I have a goal here, right? I want to build a great resource. Um, I need everyone to invest in it to make it work. But at the same time, I am still a parent doing the same thing I've been doing all along where I am compiling my own resources and either I'm going to use them or I'm going to share them with somebody else. But either way, the information is here for you. <laughs> and I'm spending my time doing it. So you might as well take advantage. <laughs> right. And um, so I don't know if you're going to the family cafe coming oh, up. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, the family cafe is coming up, guys. So remember that. And um, free resource, guys. How can you not yeah. do that? I mean, yes, you right. can, you're going to cover your hotel stay, but it's a free resource. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, let's remember there are going to be those um, people at, at APD Likely. there. There's going to be um, the, what is it, the governor will be there. So speak up. This is your time. Let your voice be heard. Okay. Don't be scared to speak up. That is the only way that we're going to see change. And I am so happy that, Anna, you are doing this and taking the step here in Northeast Florida to be able to provide this information to the community and, um, you know, trying to make a change for the community and letting them know that there's a resource. And like she said, we we need some investors. We need some, we need people that are willing to invest in this community. If we don't invest in the community, you know, we're, we can't get anywhere um, with this. So if you can, if you know someone, if you know other organizations that would be interested in investing in this cause uh, and Bright Feats, please reach out to Anna um, so that we can make this thing well known and get those resources that our our families, our our children need very badly. So please, um, yeah. you know, reach out. And come October, if you are looking for the book and you can't find it for some strange reason, which means you're not looking hard enough. But if you're if you're stuck at home and you're looking for this book, if you go to www.brightfeats.com, all of our areas are listed on there. So, you know, say you're somebody in Orlando right now watching this. We've already got your area. It's huge. We've got tons of resources. They're all on our website. They're all the book itself is on the website. Um, you want to sign up for an Able United account? Use uh, Feats 75 and you will get an extra $75 in your account. because Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> because okay. they are in our book and they have given us this special code, Feats nice. 75. Use it. 75 bucks. Right. <laughs> nice. We also have an ABLE account for our kids, by the way. Um, yeah. Very important. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So the resources there, they are easily accessible to everyone. If you're having a hard time accessing it, reach out to me. Reach out to Brittany. We will guide you to, to the easiest way to find, you know, whatever it is you need. Yes. And so this will be uh, available on uh, the Facebook page, Two Moms and Some Labels. And I'll make sure that I post Anna's information on there about uh, Bright Feet, how you can contact her. If you have any type of resources or information you want to give her or you have questions. And again, oh my gosh, I thank you so much. Anna, for joining us and talking about Bright Feet. Uh, I hope this was a great resource for you all. And if you didn't know about it, now you do. So um, it's there for you to use. And 
thank you again so much, Anna and everyone for joining. I hope that you all enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Two Moms and Some Labels. We'll see you ne next time. Bye, y'all. Thank you.